0: If you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself but not the enemy, for every victory gained you will also suffer a defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. Sun Tzu, The Art of War but what Sun Tzu failed to mention is that the enemy, it lies within. Welcome to Own the Future, a podcast made by and for changemakers, where we gain the courage to own our story, the freedom to own our craft, and the power to own the future. My name is Lucas Scrobot, and thank you for listening to this week's episode on friends and enemies. As I said in the intro, often, and by often, I mean always, the enemy, it is within us. Now, in stories, I like to talk about stories. As humans, we like stories. Well, there's a few things that happen in every story. In every story, there is a character. There is a guide, someone who's helping that character figure out the right thing to do and guiding the character through. There is a problem or a conflict. You cannot have a story if you do not have a conflict. A story without a conflict is not a story. It's just a grocery list of things that happened. Now, the conflict in a story, there are three kinds of conflict in a story. You can have the exterior conflict, which would be T-Rex is going to come and eat us. There's can, there can be the philosophical question or conflict in a story, which might be, is God really good or is mankind really good? And then there is the internal conflict within a story. And that would be, am I capable? Am I brave? Do I have what it takes to succeed? Those are the three kinds of conflict that can be in any story. But in every story, every story must have the interior conflict. In order for us to relate and bond and and uh, feel like we can relate to the character in the story, that internal narrative, that internal conflict must exist. Since we were talking about stories and story structures, other things that happen in a story is that the character has an inciting incident or a call to adventure, a call to action. They take that call to action, they, venture out into a brave new world where they have to determine who are their friends and who are their enemies, who are their allies, who are their enemies. They have a dark night of the soul where they fight the lion in or the the beast in the belly of the whale, so to speak, or they fight the dragon in the dark cave. They overcome and conquer and they have that race towards the finish and they come back home a changed person with the elixir of life. This is the basic hero's journey. Within that journey, there is a tension of knowing that they may fail. They may not have a happy ending. And with that unhappy ending, there is a sense of risk. There's something on the line. They're playing for keeps. It's not just a a, a fantasy, but the character may lose something. And we have to be able to identify with that. If Every story must have an internal conflict, an internal struggle. That means in every story, there are friends and enemies that live on the inside of us. There are things inside of us that are our allies that are working for us and with us, and things on the inside that are enemies that are fighting against us. The the darkness, the malevolence, the snake that lies within a few weeks ago, I was thinking about this podcast. I was thinking about you and I, thinking about changemakers, thinking about people who are setting out into the world to make a difference, to make the world a better place. And I began to ask myself, who is the enemy within us as changemakers and, and who or what is the friend within us as a changemaker? So I began to Write a list of our, 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 the friends inside of us and the enemies inside of us, the, the good things in us and the things that we rail and fight against within us. This isn't an exhaustive list, but some of the things that came to mind at first would be uh, a friend might be ambition or might be real and honest with how we feel. And allowing ourselves to feel in those ways. It might be safety and security. It might be playing it safe. And the enemies within us, it might be pain. It might be suffering and hardship. It might be sacrifice and going without loneliness. And it caused me to ask myself, on a deeper level, who are my real friends inside of me? What are the... The real allies in my interior world that are truly serving my why, truly serving the purpose of why I'm here and the the goals that I aim and strive for. And what are the enemies that are inhibiting me from reaching those goals? If you think of many stories throughout history, the classic stories, in the classic stories, we frequently see there is a friend of the hero, a person in, that, in the hero's life who means well, who seems to have the best in mind. And in the last moments of the film or the story, it is revealed that this person that we thought was a friend and an ally throughout the whole story was an enemy working against the hero all along. So we have our friends and we have our enemies and we know that they are within. And as I began with my team to brainstorm, how can we personify? How can we put a name and a face and a picture to the enemy so that we know what we're fighting against? We wanna know what we're fighting against. If we don't know what we're fighting against, how can we overcome? if we do not know our enemy if we do not know ourselves it all of a sudden it came to me in the form of a an ancient story that is shared by both the islamic and the christian faith and that is a story of jezebel and ahab this is a great story jezebel and ahab were uh <laughs> real upstanding members of the community Ahab was so ambitious, he decided to rebuild the city of Jericho, which was said that anyone who were to rebuild the city would have to sacrifice their oldest son to lay the foundation and their youngest son to build the walls. But Ahab, Ahab was full of ambition. He said, you know what? The cost of my family will be worth it. So he moved ahead. He sacrificed his oldest son to lay the foundations and sacrificed his youngest son to build the walls of Jericho. Ambition. What Ahab and Jezebel are so well known for is how they worship this ancient pagan god called Baal, who is a a god of fertility a god of provision. And the way that they would worship this god is the idol was this huge brass bull. It would have these massive horns coming out of its head and two hands that were outstretched in front of it over a a blistering fire. And the way that they would worship is they would come and bring their newborn babies. And as the fire was raging beneath the hands of Baal They would put the baby alive in the hands of the idol and watch their baby burn alive and die. This was how you worshipped the God of Baal and what Ahab and Jezebel embraced. There is a great story between both the faiths of Elijah or Elias coming and having a showdown with the prophets of Baal, and ultimately winning, and quite graphically slaying all 500 of the the priests or prophets of Baal. But as we can see, Ahab and Jezebel, they had some, some real deep uh, character issues, if you will. Another story of Ahab is one day he looked out of his window in the castle, and he saw a vineyard, which was owned by Naboth. Now, this vineyard was small, but it was really close to the, the castle, to the king's palace. And so Ahab, being the upstanding guy that he was, he went to Neboth and he said, hey, I would love to buy your vineyard from, from you. I'll either trade you a better vineyard or I'll give you some money. Seems like a fair deal. But Naboth, he said, I can't give you my vineyard. I can't give you my land. For this was the inheritance from my fathers and my fathers, fathers, fathers. I can't just give up the inheritance of my family, of my name. Sorry. Well, Ahab, as he was being real and honest with how he was feeling, he went back to the palace and he curled up in the fetal position in bed and he threw an adult-sized temper tantrum. His servants would try to give him food and he wouldn't take any food or any water and he was feeling sorry for himself, being honest with how he felt of how horrible the world was stacked against him. Jezebel gets word and she comes and she visits Ahab and says, what's wrong, darling? Ahab tells her, I want this vineyard and he won't give it to me. Jezebel's, don't worry, you'll have it by the morning. And so Jezebel, being the wonderful queen that she was, she found two people to set up false witness against Naboth. She found two people to set up false witness against Naboth and they stoned him. She goes back to Ahab and says, Ahab, guess what? The vineyard's yours. Happily, he gets up, goes down to the vineyard. It's a good day for Ahab. The last story of Ahab is the last story of Ahab, which is a story of his death. Ahab dies this quite remarkable and incredible death. King Ahab is going to war and he's decides to play it safe. He says, "You know what? In this war, I know they're going to try to kill me. They're going to look for the 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 generals and the commanders and the king of the army and try to kill me first. So, instead of leading my troops into battle, I'm going to play it safe and I'm just going to dress like a normal soldier." Well, the battle begins and at one point He turns around to run from the enemy and he takes a random arrow by chance in the back, wounding him fatally. And later that day, he bleeds out in his chariot and dies a dishonorable death, Ahab. Ahab is ambitious, but he doesn't think of his family. In fact, he's willing to sacrifice his family in order to reach his, amb- his ambitions. Ahab is is lazy. He's a sloth. Ahab loves rejection. It's like a nice warm blanket. Oh, people don't understand me. Woe is me. Having pity parties in the name of being honest and being real with how I feel. Ahab is a immature, Undeveloped human being. Ahab is a coward and chooses to play it safe instead of taking responsibility, instead of taking, willfully taking the weight of his leadership as a king upon his shoulders and leading his men into battle as he should. And it is the ultimate demise of our. Friend Ahab. You see, Ahab, he thought that these things were his friends. They felt good. They made him feel comforted. They made him feel successful. But ultimately, they betrayed him in the end. Ahab rejected his true friends. Ahab rejected hardship. He rejected pain and suffering. He rejected responsibility. He rejected courage. He rejected self-control. He rejected his role. Let's take this one step further. We can see how the quote-unquote friends of Ahab were really his enemies. It was really his ultimate demise. But now if we look at the true hero in this story, Elijah or Elias, that we can learn a lot about who our true friends are. First, it starts by Elijah saying, look, there's not going to be rain for three years in all the land. He's standing up by himself saying the Unpopular thing. Then he decides to, he is forced to live by a river being fed by ravens for three years. That sounds like a lot of suffering. It sounds really boring to me, but he perseveres through that. And then we see him stand up against 500 wicked, evil prophets of Baal, and then he kills them all. So We look at Elijah and we look at how he's standing up for truth. He's standing up for and embracing hardship and suffering, living a, a, a life that's not full of comforts and pleasures, but he's actually standing up for the right thing. And oftentimes, I know within me, within my natural tendencies, I am going to run away from hardship. I am going to try to avoid pain and suffering in my life. I I don't know about you, but sitting by a riverbank and eating food brought to me by ravens for three years does not sound like a fun time. Even though it doesn't sound like a fun time, it is the way to purpose and meaning and truth in life. Life. It is those things that appear like your enemies that are really your friends and vice versa. It is frequent to see in stories there being a king and that king has a wicked, deceptful advisor. Take The Lord of the Rings. In the second and third books of the series, The Two Towers and The Return of the King, you have King Théoden of Rohan and he has an advisor named Wormtongue as if his name isn't obvious enough but this king thinks that Wormtongue is his friend but here Wormtongue is having him under a spell whispering lies into his ear that the king believes and you see the king worn and beaten down old Nearly blind because he is accepting and drinking in the lies of worm tongue. It is frequent throughout stories that you see a close friend, and you can normally spot that friend out, right? You're watching the movie and you're like, there's something wrong with that character. There's something wrong with that friend. I don't trust him. I don't trust her. And sure enough, who we thought was a friend, or who the character thought was a friend, often turns out to be the enemy. So, the question that I leave you with today is who is your real friend inside of you? And who or what are your real enemies inside of you? Because modern society, the world that we live in today, would like to tell you that happiness and success, ambition, comfort, those are your friends. The world would like to tell you don't take responsibility. It's someone else's responsibility. That's for the government to do. That's for someone who has money to do. That's for someone who has a position or a title to do. That's not your responsibility. Just Lean back and take it easy and enjoy life. Pursue happiness. Be happy. You want to be happy, don't you? And it paints things like pain and suffering and hardship and responsibility and grinding it out as the enemy. It paints obscurity as the enemy. But I would like to suggest to you today. That the friend of the changemaker is embracing hardship. I would like to suggest to you today that the friend of the changemaker, the friend of you and I, is not happiness. And it's not success. It's definitely not ambition. It's not being real with how we feel. It's not going up to someone and saying, well, I'm just being honest. It's not playing it safe and abdicating responsibility. Those things are really our enemies. Those things are the things that have been set up within us to fight, to resist everything that we're aiming and striving for, comfort. So then who or what is the true friend within us? Well, it's hardship. It's not bending or wavering from the truth. It's accepting pain and suffering in our life. It's willingly taking on the pain and the suffering of others around us to deny ourselves to serve someone else, to serve our children, to serve our spouse, to serve our community and our society, to serve our nation. There's a brilliant marketing strategy by the U.S. military years back. And it was, it's not what your country can do for you, but it's what you can do for your country. It's the willful taking on of responsibility. The willful standing up and say, I will be the change that I want to see in the world. I will fight against the malevolence, the darkness, the evil of the world. And I will start by fighting against the evil and the darkness that lies within. For it's only through going to the depths of the darkness of who we are and fighting the dragons and the snakes and the beast within us that we are then able to have anything to give the world. And as Sun Tzu said, you must know your enemy and you must know yourself. And it's because the enemy, it lies within. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Own the Future. If you could do two things for me. First, leave a review wherever you are listening. It would mean so much to me. And number two, Tell one friend, that one person you were thinking of while you were listening to the podcast. Oh, Mohammed really needs to hear this today. Sheikha, she really needs to hear this today. Pass it on to her. It would mean the world to me. Thank you. And remember if you own your story, you will own the future.